Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 80 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. I can't believe you still can possibly shimmy your shoulders to this tune that we have heard yeah. 80 times Every morning, today. and I am still dancing away to it. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the full body wave. I can get that going, too. It's very special. You're a special kind of guy, Jacob. Thank you. You're so special that I feel like this um, Facebook event that was created might have appealed to you. Oh, I definitely <laughs> made my ears perk up, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the big event, the Facebook event that popped up on the internet that was called Storm Area 51, They Can't Stop All of Us. Yep, like low low hashtag um, see them aliens. Well, yeah. The, so the whole thing was <laughs> September 20th, we will meet up in rural Nevada and coordinate our parties. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so this is just a Facebook event that popped up um, by a guy named Maddie Roberts. And he said that the call to the Air Force Base for aliens was a joke and that he was just kind of drawing on decades of conspiracy theories and he was playing some video games and yeah. was like, LOL, I'm going to make this event. And then two million people signed on yeah. to the Facebook Which event. really he should have known was coming. Like if you're making a stupid kind of an event like this, that's the exact kind of thing people are going to be like, oh, I'm totally there. Oh, and people are getting a little too into it. So we're going to do a little clip of Maddie, and then we'll talk a little more about the amazing event that we'll probably be at. Word. It started out as just from a pure stroke of imagination. It's just meant to be funny. I want to do something cool out there now that we have a bunch of people, but I don't want anybody to get hurt. I'm kind of worried about that. I've had a couple people DM the page where they're like, I'm willing to die for the government. Let's do this. And I'm just like, oh, my God, bud. Oh, oh my, my God, God bud. It's <laughs> <laughs> the perfect way okay. to end that little clip. So... Authorities have warned against any attempt to enter the base. And now, unless plans go awry, what he was talking about is that hordes of strangers will indeed gather at the Nevada desert next month um, near this Area 51 because now Maddie is planning a real-life festival called Alien Stock. Oh, boy. Um, which is a couple hours drive northwest of Vegas. So the three-day festival is set to start September 20th, which was when they were supposed to just be out running bullets um, right. at like, Area 51. He's, he's already lost the thread here because we're just going to sit in one place and party. Well, I mean, the FBI literally showed up at his door. Um, oh, that's And he said, happened. he's like, they were kind of checking out to make sure I wasn't like sitting in my living room making pipe bombs and stuff. And then they realized I was just like a dude who did a thing. But anyway, so this... Um, Alien Stock is a celebration of aliens, and it promises surprise performances, art installations, and camping, and is expected to pack the tiny town, which is already constantly overrun by media, Sure. Um, and has a spike in extraterrestrial enthusiasm, we'll say. Oh, so. But it's crazy. So there's like a little less than a month to plan this whole thing. So it's probably just going to be like a fire festival yeah, and a total nightmare. And like the town is less than thrilled about all of this because um, thousands of people are planning on it coming to a town of people. You know how many people live in this town? 75. 54. Oh, that was, was so from close. the last census. So there's like one motel and it has like yeah. 10 rooms. How is that even going to work? I don't. I just uh. don't know. So, um, little info, the U.S. government has denied 
Area 51's existence for decades before a public records request in 2013 proved that it is indeed real. Right. The Area 51 itself exists, um, but the document made no mention of aliens, describing the site as an aircraft testing site. But revelations two years ago, um, $22 million Defense Department program um, on anomalous aerospace threats commonly known as UFOs, have helped keep the speculation about the facility alive. Sure. So the money is there. What are they really doing, yeah. Jacob? What's going on behind the hood here, government? We know you're hiding something. Let's see them aliens. That's right. We saw. We all saw Independence Day. We know what's going on Come on, there. bud. <laughs> let's, let's do it. So we, I mean, literally, that guy's voice, he could not have... If you, nobody got to see the clip, but me and Michelle, this dude looks exactly like what you think he looks like. He does. He's dressed like Naruto, which if you don't know who that is, it is a character from an anime. Yeah. Um, he's got my hairstyle from five years ago. He's rocking that thing He's pretty hard. much a hero. I, I would I would very much like to attend this. Um, so we thought you guys might want to go, and obviously you should, and we sure. wanted to get you prepped for it so that you know what to expect. So we're going to talk about some of our um, favorite Alien and Area 51 movies and books. Yeah, and, you know, here's a surprise. Uh, it's usually not very good when aliens show up in movies and books and it's such. usually not great no no, no go, it usually doesn't go, end well so go figure if you want to release aliens in the you know <laughs> on earth from area 51 let me tell you it's probably not going to end well it never does oh maddie i really are two million people going to show up to this no i think <laughs> there's going to be about 75 dudes like 15 15 of them, them <laughs> 15 of them are going to bring their mom no girlfriends <laughs> oh it's it's harsh um well, okay you know how weird would it be if there actually was an alien there like that would literally like blow everybody's mind yeah and then this guy these guys expose it yeah well i'm all about it you although should go. You should i don't, go. We'll, I don't do really a, we'll do a live cast from there in September. <laughs> okay that sounds good you know that's what it will be september 20th um okay so starting with movies um probably the most recent film to come out on our list that I loved so much would be Arrival. Oh, love that movie. I love that. So directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Who you should know from Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, and the most disturbing movie ever called Incendies. Did you end up seeing that? No, I, I didn't you see that it. one yet. I forgot about it for Dude, a second. I'm going to have to come back and watch it. It's more upsetting than any alien could be. But anyway. Beautiful. I love that idea. The movie Arrival is about a linguistics professor, uh, Louise Banks, who's played by Amy Adams, and she leads an elite team of invest- investigators when giant spaceships touch down in 12 different locations around the world. And so the nation is kind of teetering on the verge of global war. As you would expect. They're totally freaking out. And Banks and her crew must race against time to find a way to communicate with these extraterrestrial um, visitors. And then hoping to unravel the mystery, she kind of takes this chance. It all gets really crazy. It could threaten her life um, and quite possibly all of mankind. It gets really deep. She definitely talks to the aliens and what I can only describe as coffee stains. <laughs> like That's their language. That's, yeah, that's actually pretty spot on. But it's a really beautiful movie. It is an absolute must-see for people who are fans of alien sci-fi. It was the my favorite picture of the year it came out. Like, I thought it was easily should have won Best Picture. Yeah, like, it didn't even get enough attention. It's genuinely um, affecting emotion, and it has a really terrific performance by Amy Adams, who's usually great in everything that she's in. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, it's really ambitious in its conception. It's extraordinary in its execution. Everything about the movie, I'm going to say, is a really perfect um, sci-fi alien. We've got time travel. We've got a really fantastic message that comes from the film. Who doesn't enjoy 30 minutes of speech pathology explanations right in the middle of your (laughs) sci-fi movie? I mean, I mean, when you can make that interesting, you know you've accomplished something. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. But it it really works. It does. It's such a beautiful movie. It's and you there know are what? very few movies I own anymore on DVD, especially new films. Like I'm never going out and buying movies anymore. Oh, sure. But Arrival, I own. I mean, where do you even find a media play these days? I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a good call. So yeah, if you haven't seen Arrival, if it didn't look like your cup of tea, it's actually really fantastic, and it, and it's gonna it's gonna prep you for a. They can't stop. Yeah, we're going to start learning like upside down, backwards, all around languages. And yeah, the the way that people learn languages like that, also, you're just like, whatever. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I don't even know Spanish, and I've exactly every year my whole life. Exactly. Um, Okay, what else we have? So I'm going to go with a little different. bend here i'm gonna go with the alien abduction route okay that's the kind of stuff i enjoy don't think i'm not gonna get there (laughs) i'm going with 2013's dark skies starring carrie russell and josh hamilton you ever uh you ever see that movie i thought i did but i don't really remember now tell me i actually thought i actually got this movie confused when i was researching it again with uh the fourth kind which is a mila jovovich movie which is basically the exact same plot okay well what are both of these movies <laughs> so about? it's about uh this family the uh, barrett family you know they're u- living their usual suburban life and then all of a sudden they start having these weird phenomenon like you know your poltergeist things lights flickering on and off tv turning on and stuff like that okay and they don't think anything of it until one day uh, the mom's checking on the kids and she sees a giant alien just appear over, standing over one of her kids. It just kind of like disappears as soon as she turns lights on. It's a bummer, bud. Yeah. And then she starts digging into this conspiracy and finds out, hey, aliens have been abducting people for a really long time, doing it very scarily. And like there's a whole conspiracy built around it. No, maybe I didn't see this then. It's actually really good. Um Carrie Russell's I really like her in general. Yeah, this is back when like Carrie Russell was tr- trying to make that big comeback around when Mission Impossible came out and she mm-hmm. was in that. But this is one of those really freaky uh alien abduction movies where they treat them almost like ghosts. Like they're still obviously aliens, but they kind of treat them more in like the poltergeist kind okay. of me- uh, method. A lot of lights, a lot of like quick cuts. A lot of like shadows walking around in the background. It's so atmospheric, and it's just—it's one of those movies that keeps you on edge the entire time. It doesn't really let up, and oh, it's just so good. And anytime you can get J.K. Simmons just busting out to go full conspiratorial madness halfway through the movie, I like that to explain like he's like, "Hey, what can we do to stop it?" Oh. There's nothing you can do. You're just totally going to get abducted one day, so just be ready for that. Cool. Such a good movie. So freaky. I love these alien, these alien abduction movies. have been freaking me out forever. Well, that's what I'm going to play on next, especially oh. talking about movies that keep you on edge. <sighs> you ready? Uh-oh. Oh, she's girding herself You know, here. Fire in the Sky. Oh, my God. Dude. Do you remember? Did you see that movie in theaters? I, d- I saw it when I was a kid, yeah. I also saw it when I was a kid in theaters. Should, should not have. I was pretty much crying. I was with my mom. I was like face in her shoulder. Horrifying. Oh, okay. the movie is terrifying, man. Holy cow. So it's based on an 
allegedly true account allegedly. that in 1975, a group of five men are driving home after working in a forest, and then they see a mysterious light. They're intrigued. So Travis Walton, who's played by D.B. Sweeney, who <laughs> I love D.B. Sweeney, he leaves the truck to kind of check out what's going on. Never, only, never a good idea. Never a good idea. Only to be sucked up by a flying saucer. So right. the other four men report the strange event but they are skeptically um, interrogated by this cop who's played by James Garner who suspects that murder is actually behind Walton's disappearance and then he reappears five days later and then his story of alien abduction is met with disbelief. Now, this movie has terrible ratings. It does. I can't believe it. It has like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. What is wrong with anybody? I don't know. what. I don't understand. You know what? I think it was because they were all too scared. They're like, I'm never going to watch this movie Oh my God, when he's like... On the ship, and they like have a needle over his guys, eyeball. Do you remember that? I do very much, guys. They have some very intense alien like autopsy on human kind it's of stuff re- going on. I mean, the film is it's really intriguing, and it's made. That's just it. Like, it's all the more noteworthy due to the nightmare-inducing sequence on the actual ship. I, I mean, the aliens—they look scary. Oh, the horrifying so, looking, the so stuff scary. they're doing to this guy. And it's like the clinical nature of the way that they're doing it. It's like literally if you swap them out with humans, out with aliens, is exactly what we would do from their perspective. Totally. You're like, this is what's going on in Area 51. So while a lot of the details of the film, I think, are kept ambiguous due to the fact that the real story is pretty hazy. Yeah. Um, but Fire in the Sky, it achieves very good balance between horror, drama, and mystery. Um, and there's never really much of a full explanation about Walton's experiences when the film ends, but that doesn't really take away from it or destroy what's already really eerie and creepy. It's just a really good tale of alien abduction. Oh, just so atmospheric. I actually think I've been avoiding it for a long time. I don't think I've gone back and watched it in a while. Just Yeah, I mean, there's always the chance that it didn't hold up as an adult, but I am telling you, this this will help prepare you. So in case you get to Area 51 and some of the aliens are alive and they break out, you're going to really yeah. know you're to gonna, run the other yeah. way. You're really going to immediately regret that decision. It's gonna try, <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't a good idea. May curse you, Maddie Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Darn you, Naruto. Oh, so, but. Ooh, getting like a little chill thinking about it. Yeah, totally. Here. I don't understand why people hated it so much unless they're just scared. That's what I'm going to say that they are. They're just scared. Bunch of wimps out there. <laughs> okay. What else What else will prep us? All right. So I'm going to go uh, a little more modern as well. I'm going to go with the 2017 Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds movie Life. About some al- um, astronauts oh. on a space sh- on the International Space Station. I liked that movie, but I think I hated the ending. I loved the ending, actually. Let me think. We're not going to get into it, but it oh, had- I think I hated it because it's just not what I wanted. Oh. I didn't want that. Yeah, it's it's not a great. It's okay, not a yeah, happy no, that's, ending that's at all. Good film. Um, so yeah, it stars uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Rebecca Ferguson. They're a bu- couple of astronauts up on the International Space Station. As all good things happen, a unmanned probe from Mars. They catch one. It's got some soil samples. Turns mm-hmm. out there's some alien DNA in there that they decide, hey, you know what? It sounds like a good idea. We should probably check it out. Yeah, let's bring it back to life. Never. What could possibly go wrong? Absolutely. And, it, you know, exactly what you think happens, happens. Wouldn't have saw that coming. Yeah. Alien starts coming alive and starts killing all the astronauts in an attempt to get back to Earth to take it over in its own primitive well, way. don't give away too much. Well, you know, 
it's a sci-fi horror movie on a space station. You know, you know. It's a pretty good call. It's a pretty good call. Not a lot of mystery there. Uh, The alien is pretty cool with the physiology and the way they describe it. Like it's both small, horrifying, strong, smart. It's got basically every advantage you would want Mm -hmm. in an alien. Uh, It's very well acted. It looks beautiful. The plot is. You know, I think it gets muddled at times. It does. I think near the end, it kind of starts falling over itself with what it's trying to do. Yeah, but it was still a pretty good journey getting there. Yeah, and uh, you know, not the happiest of movies. I'm a fan of bleak stuff, and this movie has definitely got bleak (laughs) in space. Yeah, I'm sad. I'm creeped out. Everything's terrible. My kind of movie. Sounds like a perfect Friday night to me. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, and you never go wrong when you get to look at Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds for a couple of hours. So you know. Go That's, check it out, folks. I couldn't agree with you anymore there. I'm telling See, you. these are the moments I remember why we're good teammates. <laughs> because we both have mutual love for Reynolds and <laughs> yes. Gyllenhaal. It's it's the way to go, guys. You're yeah. missing out if you if you didn't see it. So check out 2017's Life. Go find out why you don't really want aliens from Mars yes. popping around. These are all at the library. Come get them. So now let's talk about if you get to Area 51, you find aliens, you free them, and maybe they're going to live on Earth with us. Maybe. This next movie will prep you for that. Um, which I love so much, District 9. Oh, I love District 9. It's a great I, movie. I remember having to talk people into going to see that when it came out. I like, feel like I'm this? still talking people into seeing it. That was a really great surprise at the theaters, like going to see it, being like, oh, I like aliens, I like sci-fi, and then being like, whoa, this movie is so good, like the, fresh take. There's giant mechs in this too? Let's make it happen. So um, it was directed by Neil Blomkamp, and he actually teamed with producer Peter Jackson for this um extraterrestrial refugees tale. So what happens is, so 30 years ago, from when the movie starts, aliens arrived on Earth, not to conquer or to give aid, but literally to find refuge from their dying yeah. planet. And they ran out of gas. There's that part, too. Yes. So they're separated from humans, though, in South Africa, in this area called District 9. So, yes, they take these aliens seeking refuge and put them in a terrible camp. In it's a camp really in slums. Um, it's and complete, the, complete fiction. The aliens are managed by Multinational United, which is kind of unconcerned with the aliens' welfare, yeah. but will do anything to master their advanced technology. Like They have these weapons that they're very, very interested in, but they can't use them. So a company field agent um, played by Char- Charlto Coplay, did I say his uh, name right? Yeah, I think you did. I'm, I'm always a little... Charlotte. Char- it's like Charlotte, hard- Charlito. No, it's not that. It's not that many syllables. I think it's just Charlotte. It's because it's South African, so I think it's just a little different for us. But he's really great. He pops up. Yeah, he's one of my favorite actors that nobody knows about. Like, Absolutely. good in everything he does. He really is. And he contracts a mysterious virus, virus that begins to alter his DNA. Um, and because of that, there's only one place that he can hide out, which is District 9. And then the government is definitely after him for other well, reasons I mean, yeah, that we don't really want to spoil. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll find out when you see it. But um, but the idea of just the humans and aliens kind of living side by side, but we're more annoyed that we have to use our resources to take care of them and we're just trying to take from them. The movie is technically brilliant, um, and it's really emotionally wretching. 
Um, I mean, this is a sci-fi movie that was nominated for Best Picture, everybody. So, you know, it's a rarity when they pull off something like that, especially in like a basically a debut movie for a director. Yeah, it should. I think that this one should end up being a sci-fi classic. So if you're a big fan of that and you haven't seen this, you better correct yourself. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. It's got sci-fi action, sci-fi violence, a cool story, awesome visual effects for the budget and the time. Like, it still looks good today. It's... Everything you want, guys. Go check it out. It's even more timely. It's know. true. I'm mean, gonna actually. I think the next film that I'm going to talk about when I get there also involves Charlotte. He's, he's Charlotte Copley. My man. <laughs> my man's got a genre. He knows what he likes <laughs> he know, to do. He knows what's up. Okay. What else we got? All right. So next one, I'm gonna go with uh, a high a uh, a movie that was based on a uh, musical that I was actually in in high school. We we'll go with Little Shop of Horrors. It just oh in case. man, I was like, I don't even have a guess where you could possibly go in with oh, it. Oh, oh, you know it. Time point. out. Can I interrupt you real quick? Sure. But do you remember earlier this year when that amazing high school did their school play and they did Alien? I do remember that. That looked like the coolest thing that has ever happened. I mean, it's still, people are like already imitating it, trying to do other movies. They did the Sigourney Weaver movie Alien, and their costumes and their set were unbelievable. They were right on point. They got they nailed everything, guys. If you haven't seen that video, go online. Go and find check it the out. high. You, it's not going to take our just high, high school that did Alien. Plays I mean, so I feel good. bad for the kids following that one because they're going oh, yeah, to have to forget do, it. They're going to have to try to do escalation. Like we have to year. do Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like it's not appropriate. Yeah, like, it's like what other R-rated movie can we do? Oh, so good. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead about your little shop of horrors. Oh, in my my little shop of horrors. I wish. Let me tell you. Oh so anybody who has not seen this movie, what's wrong with you? So it stars, Is that possible? It stars Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, and Steve Martin about a plant named Audrey Two, who they all think is innocuous but cool looking. And it turns out that it's a man-eating plant with an amazing voice provided by Levi Stubbs <laughs> of the Four Tops, uh, who's basically talks Seymour into feeding it people in order to feed me, <laughs> in order to get him like some fame and fortune and uh, help him get the girl that he wants. God, such a good fun movie, man! Like, is it actually good? It's been so long since I've seen it. Is it actually good? It is good for what it is. It's not okay. like it's not going to be like you know the greatest movie. It's, it's not, not going to change someone's life. No, but. it's not Les Mis or anything. <laughs> but the fact that they totally lean into what it is. I mean, it's a remake of a Roger Corman movie from the fifties, which uh, fun piece oh of trivia boy. was actually the very first on-screen appearance of Jack Nicholson. Who is playing the uh, in Little Shop of Horrors? Yeah, he was his first movie. He was uh, he plays the part that Bill Murray plays in the remake from the eighties. Oh, he plays the uh, the masochistic dental guy. Okay, so you know if you want, it's a fun piece of trivia there. The original, mm-hmm. not a musical. Then they turned it into a Broadway musical, and then turned it into a movie musical. With so many steps. Yeah, it's so good. The even today the puppet work that they use for the plant, it looks completely believable. Like there's no problem at all. Oh, that's it. In musicals it. and puppets. This Pup- is this is your wheelhouse. Puppets, musicals, eighties Rick Moranis. You're I mean, so happy. I mean, I'm in my glory. <laughs> Plus I still know all the words to all the all the lyrics, all the things. I know every remember everything about it. So They should but. test you on that. You should bust out acapella right now. Who do you who did you think that I was in the in the play? Who would you guess? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember it well enough. That's right, everybody. I was the abusive boyfriend of Steve Martin in that movie. He was also the comic relief. Yikes. So go figure out all that one. I had a whole song about being a dentist. You are are a little too <laughs> proud right now of your high school musical, but I like it. it. I'm going to sing it after. It's charming. And you're going like, <laughs> okay. to be like, you know what? You should have gone professional. 
I I believe <laughs> all of that will happen. Can we Let's can, go I, on. can we you move get, on? What do you got next? Thank God. So this is a film I really like that I think, again, very underrated. Maybe not a lot of people have heard of it, but it's called Europa Report. You know what? I heard about that. I never watched it. You didn't see it. Well, well, well. So after unmanned probes um, end up coming back and they suggest that a hidden ocean and single-celled life exists on one of Jupiter's moons. Um, Jupiter's moon is called Europa. And so six astronauts embark on, you know, an ill-fated exploratory mission. I mean, when do the first missions ever go well? They never do. It's true. It's kind of shot in that... um, hand cam like cameras from inside their spaceship just kind of picking things up that's how they do a lot of it but what's really interesting is that this fictional story obviously but it has its origins in real life events um, because it's based on in November of 2011 they discovered water beneath the ice um, on Jupiter's moon Europa so Uh you know that really gives you it kind of gives the movie a different feel because you're like this is possible if there's water there can be life um it has a really strong ensemble cast it's really like um international actors which is nice you've got people from um all over and well yeah. it starts with south africa because you got like i said you got charlito copley in this one so you know what you call him this time charlito it's definitely not charlito there's no i i am <laughs> it's going Charlto. i'm going the uh al pacino route with it i like to think that he started out as a, a bronx drug dealer and then eventually <laughs> he moved to south africa and then oh went boy. to jupiter that so, sounds like a great life to me although the film it's edited in non-chronological order um it still reflects kind of it's nice the optimism of the mission's beginning and like this, the no nonsense way that the astronauts react to the loss of their communication, and eventually the deterioration, um, just as like the situation itself deteriorates, and the kind of traps that they fall into, it all feels really believable. Like for what it is, it's never like that over the top, like crazy alien and all of this and all this technology. It's just like you are entering an area that humans have not been on, yeah, and like. Hey man, it's probably not going to go well. Be a thing here, um, yeah. So it creates the movie has like a really a, a lot of tension, and despite it's definitely like a horror film, like it's a sci-fi horror film. It's not graphically violent, which is also kind of nice. Okay, so you can kind of feel the fear without being like overly grossed out. But it's really it's claustrophobic and it's stylish. Um, yeah, it's a, if you like slow burner thrillers. Uh, set right. in outer space this is definitely the one for you i do like slow burns and i do like outer space so. yeah no this is really i think an underrated film um and again because it feels the most believable okay cool why don't we do one more got, film each here i got, here a, new, and I got a new some thing. books all right cool i uh, want to do a film here okay well you know what i'm gonna throw a book in real quick because you know i don't want to run out of time here on them and usually have better ones okay. i'm gonna go old school with this one 1953's Arthur C. Clarke Childhood's End. Have you ever read this one? Childhood's End? Yeah. No. So it's got an actually interesting uh, interesting premise. So a group of aliens named Overlords come to Earth and are try- or take it over. But it turns out that they don't take over Earth in our traditional, like, violent, gun-blazing kind of way. They take it over completely peacefully uh, okay. by giving humans basically everything they want, and they turn Earth into a utopia. So the whole point of it is not so much to focus on the alien invasion part. It's more like an exploration of what does it say about humanity when this other species just comes to Earth and immediately makes everything better, sees everything we're doing wrong, and Mm -hmm. knows how to 
make our lives better more than we do. It's, it's kind of an idea like, are humans even capable of being happy or are we all automatically kind of self-destructive? It's very interesting. And we would need somebody else who has like a like an outside hand where they're not like as involved with everything. They don't have any of the biases. Are we, that we happy have. in this utopia? Yeah, humans are fine. They're all mm-hmm. fine. This um, utopia and everything. There's no like. There's no secret, like okay. bad methodology behind it. It's just they came, they took over the planet, they made everything better, and now okay, it's like. Okay, so it's a real thinker. Yeah, it's, it's gonna make know, me it's think. An clock one. I like when we get to get some, uh, some sci-fi that makes you think and maybe consider like, no, nah, maybe not necessarily aliens are always bad, but it also says maybe humans are just terrible. Like okay. something to yeah, something yeah. to consider. Better. Benchmark um, of all great sci-fi, humans are the worst. Yeah, that that does usually end up being that. Basically the thesis of our show. I have some important books to discuss, but before I do, I have to just mention, and this will be the silliest, I think, of our films, um, alien-wise, but we cannot plug this movie enough. I'm. It depresses me that everyone hasn't seen it, but Galaxy Quest. Oh, I love Galaxy I Quest I love so Galaxy much. Quest so much. And I didn't know. I only saw it within maybe the last five years that I had stumbled upon Did it. Did you really like, only see it that much? Yes. Wow. I oh remember God. when it first came out, I thought I was going to hate that movie. And I ended up oh loving it God. so much. Oh, my God. It's so fun. I think we mentioned it once before. But so for four years, the courageous crew of the NSEA Protector, they don their uniforms and they set out on these thrilling and dangerous missions to space. Not at all like Star Trek, by the way. Yeah, except it's a TV show and their series is canceled. So it pretty much is <laughs> it's Star Trek. So 25 years later, we've got the five stars of this classic 70s series, which was called Galaxy Quest. And they still are in their costumes because they're making appearances at sci-fi conventions because they have legions of diehard fans. Um and some of the actors just like hate this. Oh, but this Alan is, Rickman, it's like the bane oh, of his existence. He's so good. Um, but so some of the fans at the convention are a little more far out than others. So a group of actual aliens um, who have mistaken this intercepted television transmission. So they've been seeing the show, which they think is historical documents, and they arrive at the convention to whisk them away um, to help against their two real war in outer space against a deadly adversary. It is just so funny. It's intelligent. It's like really humorous satire. Um, it has an excellent cast. I Every, mean, oh my God, Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman are just my favorites. And it's just a very loving spoof. So I won't get super into it. It is silly in the best best ways possible. I mean, come on, guys. This movie has Sam Rockwell as the comic goofy relief. Like oh, going, everything is so good. He took the chains off of him, and he's just going wild. This Tim movie. Allen is not terrible. Which, if you can believe it, it's a fact. I mean, that's a hard sentence to but say. But then again, like, he's, in, he's in Toy Story, and he's great. Yeah, but he's not like actually in Toy Story. It's just his voice. Um, okay. This is actually seeing Tim Allen. That's a whole other can of worms. We got to... I talked so much. I do. I want to do a couple books. Do you have more books? Ah, go for it. Well, these are two non-fictions I'm going to have to mention. This one, this is the book. This is the book. This is the if, one? If you are into aliens, you can't actually say that you're into it if you haven't read this book. Okay, let's So that it. would be Chariots of the Gods by Eric Von Denken. Okay, this is a 7 million copy bestseller. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's like the groundbreaking classic. It introduced the theory that ancient um Earth established contact with aliens. This is kind of where it all started, was this book. I mean, Um, yeah, maybe. It is immediately recognized as a work of monumental importance um, that that 
advanced alien technology, things from other worlds. He examines ancient runes and lost cities and spaceports, and we've got hard scientific facts. I'm doing air quotes around some of this stuff. Um, but he kind of reveals the archaeological discoveries that prove everything he's saying, like um, an alien astronaut preserved in a pyramid comes sure. up in this thousand year old uh, space flight navigation charts of course a giant spaceport discovered in the andes mm-hmm. and on and on some people hate this book so much because they're like everything about it is a total lie and other people this is like their holy grail book so chariots of the gods read it determined for yourself you get your guy wearing your area 51 shirt holding up this book be like oh explain the pyramids how'd they do that math 100 that is that is those people and then um another book you're gonna have to read before september 20th would be area 51 an uncensored history of america's top secret military base by annie jacobson friend of the show (laughs) and it's just about the most you know famous military installation in the world and about how it didn't exist and then how they figured out that it did exist and um, how it claims to be a home to aliens, underground tunnel systems, nuclear facilities, on and on and on. This was like the first book based on interviews with eyewitnesses to Area 51's history, which kind of makes it the seminal work on the subject. I used to remember when like Fox used to do those documentaries about Area 51 on like Friday nights. And we're like, that's good stuff. If we're going to do an Area 51 documentary, then stay tuned for Alien Autopsy. Yeah. <laughs> totally okay. legitimate. All right, I have a couple of Area 51 facts. Why don't you plug us up? So everything that we discussed here on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by. Tell them you want to go see some aliens. They'll know exactly what you're talking see about. See dumb aliens. And they'll take you directly to all of our books. <laughs> also, if you want to get it on the go, why don't you look up on our website, www.buffalolib.org. Find out where the bookmobile is going to be because it is chugging along. Hit, hitting all the big spots. Choo-choo, that's not correct. Well, <laughs> it's not correct. Enough. I couldn't even try to save you, though. It is not. But go, go ahead and check it out. Come yeah. on by, people. Tell them that we sent you and just point to us on the back of the truck because oh, we're stop there. Stop with that. And follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod, where we kind of put extra little facts, images. I argue with Jacob, things like that. Okay, so Area 51. In case people are like, what exactly is it? It is the Nevada test site that has hosted hundreds of nuclear weapon tests starting in the 1950s. Also, almost 100 of which were above ground. Sure. So you don't need aliens for this to be absolutely horrifying. Anybody who's seen the historical movies, The Hills Have Eyes, know exactly where that all led. 100%. Um, But yeah, so major claim to fame is this alleged um, extraterrestrial technology research site. That started in July of 1947 when the Roswell Daily Records front page headline screamed that RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region. Um, the U.S. military claimed that the unidentified crashing object was just a weather balloon. Yeah. But conspiracy theorists insisted that it was an alien spaceship and that it was taken from the Roswell Ranch property to Area 51 for reverse engineering. So. Good times. Good times. I like. Who the, knows? It could be. It could be true. It kind of looked like, you know. Yeah, pretty much it was, it was that, an but. atomic monitoring balloon meant to detect far off nuclear testing blasts. But that's fine. It could also be aliens. Yeah, really, you know, atomic testing balloon, weather, it's kind of the same. So thing. then that happened. So that was kind of the start of the whole Area 51 thing. Then um, after that, Area 51, it, it kind of didn't, you know, people kind of forgot about it a little until the late 1980s when a man named Robert Lazar told a Las Vegas television station that he worked 
at a mysterious site called S4 near Area 51 dun, dun, dun. to reverse engineer crashed flying saucers. This caused a huge stir. Later it was found out that he fabricated his employment on the base, his entire background. He claimed to have graduated from MIT and Caltech. He went to zero of those schools. He claimed to work at other laboratories. He did not. So he totally lied. Didn't matter. Once people kind of get a bite of this, they've been running with it ever since. Like this guy that totally made it up, um, he tells the truth, guys. It's just the government lying, don't you know? It's just a conspiracy. Absolutely. So do yourself a favor. Check out Area 51 on Google Maps. See for yourself and know that the little street view guy, when you're there, he turns into a little spaceship when you hover over the map. Does he really? Yes, he does. Oh, that's <laughs> so That's perfect. Okay, that is our show. Good luck on September 20th. Getting them aliens. Stay low, people. Remember, Stay low. Remember zigzag. It's very important. <laughs> it's very important. And we're going to actually take you out with a, a clip from Galaxy Quest that I think really sums up this episode today. Yay. All right, take it easy. Bye. This episode was badly written. Whoever wrote this episode should...